The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Very long pass to Dreisaitl. He'll go to Cahoon. All alone! Scores! Dominic Cahoon! He'll go stick side on Primo, and the Oilers win it in overtime. 4-3! Another overtime winner in Montreal for the Edmonton Oilers. 4-3 the final, just like on Monday, but Unlike on Monday, the goal scorer is Dominic Cahoon. Connor McDavid had the game winner two days ago, and that right out of the gate is our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid did not start the overtime. Dreisaitl did. Cahoon was out there as the other forward. It's usually been Darnell Nurse starting as the defenseman this season. It was Tyson Berry. And that trio combines after Cole Caulfield had a shot. The Oilers keep the puck alive. And it is Barry to dry sidle with uh, a pass that he had to corral. And then he gets it into the middle of the ice for Cahoon in alone, his ninth of the season. And that adds up to an Oilers victory tonight. Well, Rob, obviously the uh, Oilers playing a game with not as much desperation as or intensity as we've seen in most of the season, but they still get the win. And Dave Tippett proving he's willing to experiment a little bit. He only started one of the usual guys that he plays in the extra session. Yeah, it, it was a strange game to watch. It, it was one where certain situations you would expect certain players on the ice for the others, and it, they weren't. Uh, the intensity was not even close, remotely close to what the others have had as of late. And it just was one where... You, you want the players all getting an opportunity in it. You want the ice time fairly close. Uh, you want to do all the right things defensively. Details are good. But it, it's really hard for a player to rev up energy and intensity and emotion in a game that they know means nothing. And I think it showed that for a long time. Third period, when there was a little bit of push by the Canadians, the Oilers pushed back a little bit. And at the end of the night, the Oilers had a better lineup. And their stronger players and their power play unit won them a hockey game. And just some evidence here of how players are being used differently. Connor McDavid played 15 minutes and 12 seconds tonight. So clearly his uh, ice time cut back. Nuge played 18.40. Dreisaitl still played quite a bit, 21.33. Nurse still played quite a bit, 24.49. But everybody getting over, I'm just double-checking here, Rob. Everybody not just getting over 10 minutes, everybody getting over 12 and a half minutes. The Oilers player who saw the ice the least tonight was Jesse Pugliarvi, and he still got to 1245. So they were pretty much rolling four lines most of the game as the Oilers get a four-through in over the Canadians. So, you know, but if you're Dominic Cahoon in that situation, I, I mean, I, I know it's a game that doesn't mean anything in the standings, but you got to be as excited as he's been all year to be starting that overtime with Dreisaitl and Barry. Well, it'd be one of those where you give the second look. You're like, okay, did he just say Cahoon? 
did, did, did I feel a top? Okay, you turn to the guy and say, did you just tap me on the shoulder? Was that really the coach who told me to go out there? And at that point, uh, you're only thinking one thing. You're thinking, I'm going to get an opportunity. And, and he did. And good on him. He saw... He's he's a smart offensive player, and he's played with very good offensive players in the past. So I think he understands what was at stake and what opportunity he was going to get at at a certain time in the game. And that's what happened. He he jumped in the play. He read the play. He knew where the puck was going up to to Leon, and then he put himself in an open spot. And Caulfield, the young rookie, made a mistake. He he slowed down on the play, thinking Leon wasn't going to be able to make it. But Leon makes that play, and because of that, Cohen gets a breakaway, and he made no mistake. And we, we know the story for the Oilers going into the playoffs, that they have two extremely productive players. They have Nugent Hopkins. They have Nurse and Barry on the back end, who's been getting a lot of points this year. And we get asked all the time, how, how good are they? How deep they can go? It, it might come down to players in the molds of Cahoon, Archibald, Pugliarvi, Yamamoto, who didn't play today, but they're going to have some – I mean, they have been able to win regular season games because they, they win 5-3 and Connors had five points and Leon's had three or four. Like, they, they have won games that way. Um, but we know what it's going to be like in the postseason. All the focus is going to be on stopping those two guys from the Oilers. It's tighter checking. There are sometimes fewer penalties called. So they're going to need someone else to step up and or multiple people to step up and be that goal scorer. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know who it's going to be, if there's going to be anyone – but I think Cahoon, given who he might have the opportunity to play with, Rob, is going to be one of the candidates. Well, he certainly will. Teams are going to come into every single game in the playoffs with one job, and that do not let Connor and Leon beat us. And other players are going to have to step up. There's going to be nights in the playoffs where Connor and Leon have big nights. They have four or five-point nights in a big victory. But there's going to be other nights where the other team is able to contain them, where the goaltending is fantastic in the other end. If you want to go deep in the playoffs, you're going to have to get contributions from everyone. And there's certain players that are going to have more opportunity to make those contributions, guys that play in your top six, uh, Cahoon playing with Connor or a Yamamoto or playing with Leon. Those are guys that are going to have to come up with big, big goals at big moments. Uh, just go back through the history of the National Hockey League Stanley Cup playoffs. Teams that win Stanley Cups, there's always two or three players every year like, oh my, that guy had a better playoff than he did a regular season. And that's why those teams win Stanley Cups is because players get outside their comfort zone. Players have career playoffs where they take their game to a level they've never been before. That's why they move on. So uh, I said to Bob afterwards, Cahoon scoring, that's a a confidence boost for Cahoon, for a guy that's going to need to score some goals in the playoffs at big moments for the Oilers. All right, so the Oilers win 4-3 in overtime. Here's how the scoring broke down this afternoon. Caulfield scored early, a minute 58 into the game. Chason got his ninth at 8.35. Suzuki scored shorthanded, unassisted at 10.02. Quite frankly, a couple of uh, unusual goals to go in on, on Mike Smith, both ones he's usually been stopping throughout the season. Nuge scored on the power play at 10.53. That was the same power play Suzuki scored shorthanded on. Dreisaitl on the power play at 9.13 of the second period. And then Suzuki tied it up from Caulfield at, uh, with 11.38 to go in the third. Cahoon scores 27 seconds into overtime. Smith gets the win. Rob, he's 21-6-2 on the season. He did not even dress on Monday. They gave him the complete night off. He didn't have to worry about being the backup. And as I was just saying, like, like when a, 
quite frankly, when a goal goes in on Mike Smith, you're almost surprised, let alone one that he had a look at and got a piece of, which was the case on both of the first two. He was good after that. The Oilers were outshot 29-22, 26 saves for Smith. He stopped the one in overtime, gets the victory. Yeah, you know what? It wasn't uh, one one of the ones that he will write home and say, you know, I had a fantastic night tonight, but he, he, he played better than the goalie in the opposite end. And that's what you, all you wanted of your goaltender. He gave them a chance. Um, if he's going to have a... Every goaltender has a, a soft goal. Go past them at some point. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're Carey Price, Patrick Wad, anyone, they always have a soft goal. So get it out of your system. If, if there's one that you want back, make it one in a game that doesn't matter at all. And that's that was tonight. So uh, Mike Smith got better as the game went on, made the saves that he needed to make. Uh, to give this team a chance to win a hockey game. I mean, that was a tough little shot that Caulfield threw at him late or in overtime just before the Oilers scored. Those are the things that you need from your goaltender to make that type of save. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens on Saturday with the Oilers lineup with Smith. The fact that the Oilers don't probably aren't starting their playoffs till next Wednesday or Thursday would probably play into any decisions that are made. Uh, I would expect to see just about the same lineup again on Saturday, simply because this is a long break before the Oilers play again if you don't play on Saturday. So 4-3, the Oilers take it. That means a $400 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous, courtesy James H. Brown and Associates, serious injury lawyers. They've been given $100 to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous every time the Oilers score throughout the season. We'll see what the final total for the regular season winds up after the game on Saturday. That one against the Canucks, it is going to start at 1.30 in the afternoon. So our face-off show here on 630 Chad will start at noon. Cole Caulfield, Rob, we'd seen some highlights and pieces of the games he'd played before. We've got to see him play two entire games now. Got his fourth NHL goal, got an assist on a goal by Suzuki. The Canadians got a finisher there, I think. They do. And the one thing, and I, I think Louis talked about it on the game tonight, is how quick he can get the puck off. And it doesn't matter where he is on the ice. He's in traffic. He's surrounded by players. It doesn't take him long. And that's a sign of a goal scorer. It's a, you know, if you're a goal, if you want to be a goal scorer and it takes you, okay, I need the puck here. It's got to, I need time and space. Okay. I need it in the perfect spot. Don't give me a bad pass. Well, then you're not a goal scorer. A goal scorer that can, is someone that can make something out of nothing. And tonight we saw a number of times where he got the puck on his stick and you're like, okay, he's gotten, oh, it's on net. And, and it's a heavy shot for, for a small guy and it gets there quickly. And I, I think tonight's the most that, We've seen him because of the, the lineup they iced. He played in, you know, top minutes with top players, and he was very good. Most noticeable player most noticeable player on the ice tonight for the Montreal Canadiens, he's going to be good. He is going to be a star. He's a star in the making, and he's exactly what the Montreal Canadiens need, a guy that can score big goals at big moments. As uh, well, it'll, be, it'll be fun watching. What we saw at the beginning of his career, it'll be fun watching the rest of it. So the Oilers take it 4-3. Whenever they get to 5 in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village restaurants, now offering takeout complete details at jvedmonton.ca. Edmonton pushing its record to 35-18-2. They're going to finish second in the north. They will play 
the Jets in the first round. We don't know exactly when it'll start. We think one Canadian series will start Wednesday, one week from today. The other one will start Thursday, one week from tomorrow. Montreal's fourth locked in to play Toronto. The Leafs are about to take to the ice uh, for a game here. Uh, Montreal's record, Rob, 24-21-11. and 11. Just the uh, the one of the funniest looking records you'll ever see. They lost their first nine games that were tied after sixty minutes. Then they won a few, and and now a couple more losses to the Edmonton Oilers. I I, I don't know if I really read anything into that. It's just eleven's uh, a pretty high number for overtime and shootout losses, especially in a fifty six game season. Well, what I read into that, and there's another team that has a, a number of overtime losses as well. Point. I think it was they had about thirteen or fourteen. What I read into that is it's a team that is in every game. I, I know that there's, I've seen writers, they don't like, the, they call it the loser point or the Batman point. To me, it, it, the point signifies you're in all the games. You may lose it when you play three on three, but when you get into the playoffs, you don't play three on three. You don't go to shootouts. So this is a team that is made for playoff hockey because they keep the games close. They allow themselves a chance to get into extra time and then come playoff time. It's a little bit different when you're playing five on five. So to me, I think it's a positive that the Montreal Canadiens with that, the 11 loser points, that means 11 times they lost a game this year, they were tied. And in the playoffs, those would have been going into overtime, five-on-five overtime, which I think they're much better suited to play than the three-on-three game. Yeah, the Canadians had 15 games that were tied after 60 minutes, and they go 4-11 and in those games the Oilers with six games that have been tied after 60 minutes and they're now four and two they have not had a game go to a shootout so if there's no shootout on Saturday at uh, against the Canucks it would be an entire season without a shootout for the Edmonton Oilers who win 4-3 this afternoon Dominic Cahoon gets the game winner okay Rob uh, Connor McDavid I mentioned his ice time just over 50 minutes of ice time he still finds a way to get a couple of assists 104 points now for McDavid yeah, and it was a game that uh, he, he, he wasn't as emotionally invested in this game as he is in most, and that's that's good because this was a game that uh, was not near as important. So you want to see him rev it up for the important games, and we have all season long. But he still, even when he plays half the amount that he usually does, and even when uh, the emotion or the intensity isn't, half as much as it it usually is, he still makes plays and he still gives himself and his teammates opportunities to put the puck in the net. So it's been a, it's been a fantastic year, an incredible year for, for Connor McDavid and for all of us to watch him, Uh, whether he plays Saturday or not, it doesn't matter because because of his incredible year and that of his teammates, we get to start seeing playoff hockey. And I'm looking forward to seeing playoff Connor this year and see if he can continue with this incredible 2021 run uh, of of play, and I expect we will. So uh, he, along with all his teammates, want to get to the playoffs. This game on Saturday would be one if they could push. If there was a fast-forward button, I think everyone on the Oilers would be pushing fast-forward right now and moving right to next week to play the Winnipeg Jets. All right. Uh, we're happy to hear from you this evening. We're going to take a break for the news and then come back with more Hartlett Ford Overtime Open Line. You can get us at 780-496-0063 to call or text. That is the hotline for certainteed professional-grade building materials. We're going to bring you Dave Tippett 
right after the uh, 6 o'clock news. Alex Chason and Dominic Cahoon also spoke today. First career overtime winner for Dominic Cahoon, sent in all alone by Leon Dreisaitl. A couple of assists for Tyson Berry this afternoon, so we'll tell you how he's doing in the race to be the top-scoring defenseman in the National Hockey League. All that and more coming up. We're in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Okay, the Oilers win in overtime 4-3 against the Montreal Canadiens. Dominic Cahoon with the winner. we got a couple of guys on hold. We'll get to you right away as soon as we can. But let's go back to Montreal into the Zoom room for Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's head coach Dave Tibbet. Sir Daniel Ingerbaum in the athletic. Dave, uh, second last game of the, of the regular season. We're heading toward the, the home to hit the end here. How do you think that one went for your team? Uh, sloppy. Nobody got hurt, and we got two points. So other than that, it was good. <laughs> well, you said no one got hurt. I think there was a little bit of a scare there with, with Mike Smith. Obviously, he did stay in the game. Were, were you holding your breath a little bit there when, when your goaltender uh, goes got, down like that? He's got some snow in his eye. He's all right. Uh, I got to ask you, why Cahoon on the ice and to start the far play instead of your usual guy, Connor McDavid? Why not? Well, I'm just asking. Just for a German magic there, and they came through. Okay. Playing a hunch or what? Because he, he says he's only really even had a couple of shootout tries in his entire NHL career, so he doesn't get on the ice much in those sort of situations. Just playing a hunch. He's quick, and him and Dreyer, they work well together, so just playing a hunch. Okay. Uh, and again, the line with, with Chason and Neil and, and McLeod was good. Are they doing exactly what you want them to do in all the work along the boards? And and Jason said he just wants McLeod to want the puck a little bit more um, from from two veterans. Yeah, they're they're solid. I mean, he Claude's doing his thing, and uh, Neil and Jason are you know they got to find pucks down low. They got to be really strong on the wall in our zones, and uh, and McLeod's got to do his job in our zone. And uh, um, you know they've been pretty solid, pretty solid. So we'll we'll see where it goes. Jack Michael, Sportsnet. Just one for me, Dave. In terms of the team's play on the road this year, I know there's no fans, but there's also no you know fun team events to kind of break up the monotony of some of these trips. You had extra days in Montreal, an extra trip back east. Can you speak to the level of professionalism and concentration they've shown in these road games all year? You know what? I really point to our leadership group of players there. There are guys that you get on the road and... Uh... And they really kept our group close together. Um, you know, we've been managed to keep COVID out of our group. We've been uh, real disciplined around, you know, the cities we go to. They're, you're confined to the hotel, but it's, uh, you know, the guys have stuck with it. And 
sometimes not easy. I mean, it's it's uh, it gets long sometimes, but the guys are stuck with it, and they showed up, and they make sure that they're prepared to play, and they and our leadership group has really led the way with that. So I give our players a ton of credit. It's not as easy as uh, as you think. It's just uh, you know, it's you're confined to spaces, but they've come out and focused on hockey and played well. Thank you, Dave. Mark Factor Sportsman. So are you, Dave, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of obvious things that, that we could see that are rounding into shape for the playoffs, right? The, you know, the McLeod line's looking pretty good. Cahoon gets a couple points here. He's feeling good. Are you seeing other stuff? Are you seeing, you know, all the little details that you're looking for? Uh, are you getting something out of these last games with them? Are they coming into shape? Some, some less tonight than the other night, but... Uh... Just because some of the turnovers, some of the sloppiness tonight, you know, was uh, you'd like to take out of our game. But there's, you know, you're trying to get some players some minutes, you know, with young McLeod. I'm trying to put him in some situations where we can get a feel for how he does. Um, you know, you're getting some rhythm in your lines. You know, a little bit of, you know, you got to be cognizant of not overplaying anybody. Schmidt, wanted to play this game, and we'll see where it goes on Saturday. Um you know, depending on, on what day we start. And so there's a lot of factors that come into play that we're just tinkering with here that, um, you know, every every game we put a couple of thoughts, like here's here's things we want to be really cognizant of tonight and, and, you know, whether it's structure we play or shots on goal maybe or something, you know, there's different things that we've tried to put in to just keep us focused. So, so far the players have done a pretty good job. There's some things that we can, we can do better, but there's some things that, you know, we've done, we feel like our game is trending the right way. Okay, can I ask you about Winnipeg? Uh, you know, they're the guys. They're the team you're going to face. Um, does the six in a row mean anything that you've won against them? Does it? Does that give you anything coming into the playoffs? Well, we know each other so well now. You know, you, you play nine games against them in a year. So, you know, there's things that we learned from the games we lost, and there's things we learned from the games we won. So, you know, we'll we'll be prepared. We we know that they're. Uh, a really good team. Their depth at forward is is really strong. Um, they got a very good goaltender. So it's you know we know them well. They know us well, and it's uh, looking forward to be a good series. Sean Farrell, NHL.com. Dave, with uh, the assist on the overtime goal, the dry settle also had a multi-point game. That's seven straight for both Connor and Leon. Down the stretch for them to be playing like this, how valuable is that for the team heading into the playoffs? Well, it's very valuable. You got to score to win. So we're we've got you know some players that uh, every game they're getting chances and capitalizing on them, whether they are or players that are playing with them are. So it's uh, you know our team has to be playing well. Everybody wants to wants to contribute in the way they do best and those guys are you know they're they're strong offensive players they're they're contributing every night so that's a strong strong part of our team and if i can follow up on that uh, connor it's it's his third the third time he's had a multi-point streak this long he's putting up gaudy numbers this year it almost evokes the 1980s in some ways is it fascinating in this game that a player can produce like that 
Well, he's had a heck of a year. He just, you know, it's, there's some nights, to tell you the truth, I look and the amount of chances he creates on the ice is, you wonder why he doesn't get more points. But, uh, but he's had a phenomenal year. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's a leader of our group and in a lot of different ways, his, his play is, his leadership on and off the ice. So between him and Leon, they, they really drive our offense and uh, they've had, they've had superb years. Tony Brown, Oilers TV. With an assist on the overtime winner and a two-point night, Tyson Berry becomes the leading scorer amongst defensemen in the NHL. Dave, is there anything that you may have not known of Tyson's game before he joined your club that you may have a greater sense of appreciation for? No, I think we we knew the skill set that he had. We just had to, I think he had to come in and get comfortable with our situation and uh, the first few weeks, there were some ups and downs, but ever since then, he's played very well and uh, fit in well with our group, fit in well with our power play, high-skilled, very knowledgeable hockey player that makes plays under pressure and, uh, you know, speaks for itself. He's the leading scorer for defensemen in the league. As you mentioned, he started off the season really slow to his standards. So what does that say about him to stick with it and to buy into the game, uh, sorry, the team game plan rather and see the success that he's had? Well, I think that happens with a lot of veteran players. They come in, they, they just want to find out where they fit in the in the group. And, you know, especially this year where you look at we had no exhibition games, a short camp. I mean, it was a, it was an unusual season for him coming in. But he took, uh, you know, there was eight or ten games where it took him to get up and going. And once he did, he took off. So good for him. He's had a great year. Last question, Jim Matheson. Uh, Dave, can Cuckoo play perhaps the last game? Uh, there is a chance you will, yeah, there is a chance. We'll, um, the doctors, I talked to them yesterday, and they're comfortable with him uh, getting back into a game, so we'll see uh, see how things go on Saturday. And would you like to get Staylock even 30 minutes in the last game since he has not played a game since August? Uh, I'll talk to Schwartz about that. I don't think that's the plan, but we'll see how that goes on Saturday. Thank you. Thank you. This All right, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett taking some questions after the Oilers win 4-3 in overtime in Montreal. So we might see Slater Cuckoo on Saturday. Bob had referenced that as well. And uh, another question about Alex Stalock. Uh Didn't sound promising, Rob, <laughs> if you're Mr. Stalock hoping to play a game this season. Well, we'll again, again, I've said since the day that we picked him up, I don't understand why you would put him in. Um, and 30 minutes in a game on Saturday is not going to make any difference if he has to be played in the playoffs. So you got two goaltenders that you're expecting to play in the playoffs, one that you're going to start every game if possible, and the backup that's been your backup all season long. Those are your two goalies. If something happens to both of them, well, you're in a bit of trouble to start with. So having a goalie that hasn't played in a while and only gets 30 minutes on Saturday, that's not going to make a difference. Uh, they do have some decisions to make, and, I, and as Dave Tippett referenced, it will also it'll be based on talking to the coaches, talking to the players, and thirdly, based on what the NHL does with the schedule and when they play again. That will certainly dictate uh, the lineup as well because they do not want to have their players sitting around for eight, nine days without a game. Well, I mean, they're going to play Wednesday at the earliest. Like, we know that. It's yeah, yeah at the earliest. They start Wednesday but, or Thursday. So Thursday, that would be, was that eight days, nine days between if they don't play on Saturday? 
that'd be a long stretch of night days between games for certain players if they don't play on Saturday. That's why I'd find it hard to sit any of my my players. They wouldn't want to. I can guarantee you none of the players want to sit out and have that long a break between games unless somebody is banged up, which then it's perfect. But if it's not, if you've got a team that's playing as well as the others are playing and some of their players playing as great as they are, the last thing they need to do is sit out for eight, nine days. The hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. It's 780-496-0063. We have KJM standing by. KJM, very nice to hear from you, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Just uh, real quick, I wanted to mention, you know, uh, I think that the number of goals in the game, you know, belies how actually... Uh, unimpressive the offense was. So, you know, considering all the other aspects of the game and, um, you know, contribution for time on ice and everything, I thought Alex Chason played uh, a really good game today. Um, I mean, he plays games like this uh, fairly often, but, uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, the majority of the intensity and the the purpose that uh, most of the players are playing to, with tonight uh, a little bit lacking i didn't see that from alex chason and i thought i would uh, commend him on playing uh, a great game in uh, what uh, some players might seem that see as a somewhat meaningless game well with with chason the game meant more for him than other players for a couple of reasons one it's in montreal so there's going to be a little more intensity emotion in it because he's playing near home. And the other one is uh, for he's looking for a spot in the playoffs. There's some guys that might be coming back from injury, and there's certain players on this team that are still fighting to play in the playoffs, fighting to stay in the lineup. He would be one of them. Uh, he, To me, he's fairly consistent. I, I think that Chason... Uh, ever since he became an Oiler, gives you more or less the same thing every night. Sometimes he gets a little streaky and scores some goals. That's not going to be his uh, his game plan in the in the playoffs. I mean, they're not looking for as much offense out of him had he played playing with Leon or Connor. But he gives you a big body, and I think that they've really liked the line of uh, Chase on Neil and McLeod. They got two veterans with the young kid. They got two big, strong forwards that plays with this young, fast. Centerman, I think that that's a, a line that Tippett put together, hoping they would find some success, and they have. Oilers win at 4-3. Alex Chason is our fourth star of the game for Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual. Order your game day meal for takeout or delivery. Check out the menu at mrmikes.ca. All right, we have Alex on the Certainty Hotline as well. Alex, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. How's it going? Quite well. Good. I have a prediction. The Stanley Cup is up for grabs. Edmonton will beat Winnipeg in four, five at the most. Winnipeg uh, is so bad that the uh, the Senators would have caught them if there were seven or eight more games. Their goal differential uh, sucks. Uh, Winnipeg has no chance against Edmonton. Edmonton will beat Toronto. And because of this wonderful season that the Oilers are having, and with Smith and Connor and Drysdale and Barry, I'd love to see an overtime goal go against Toronto, and Barry's going to get it. The question I have for you guys is, I want to hear your predictions, but I really believe this cup is for grab, and I don't believe Toronto is the center of the universe, of course, all that. They're not going to go all the way. Edmonton has a better chance of going all the way than Toronto. And I'm looking at the... Uh, you know, all the, the big teams in the other uh, conferences, they all have something familiar. The bottom three teams of each division suck. And go 
Golden Knights <laughs> and the Avalanche had to play against Anaheim, L.A., and who's the other uh, failure? Uh, well, the California teams. Yeah, but you Dolphins. could say that about so the have, Oilers division too, though. Yeah, oh, I think I that's what he is saying. They had a lot of bloated. One of my points is they had a lot of bloated points there. I've noticed that the Avalanche or the Golden Knights have 80 points, and the other uh, division leader at 80 points. And with say if Edmonton does, and I do believe they're going to come out of the North, who would they play if Vegas loses? Which I think they're going to do against the Avalanche. It all depends on the it all depends on the standing. So once the playoffs yeah. once are down to the final four teams, yeah, the Edmonton Oilers probably will be the fourth ranked team if they make it in the final four, probably unless there's some huge upset, and then they would play against the team with the most points. Yeah, because the Oilers are now. Uh, well, they haven't given them the points yet on NHL.com, so they passed the Islanders. So they're now eleventh overall. So if they made the final four, odds are they'd be the fourth, fourth seed yeah. or the third or fourth seed. But but we don't know for sure. Alex, uh, it's always good to hear from you. I know uh, he was. Uh, I recognize his voice. He was having a tough time when the Oilers started poorly, as a lot of us were. So I'm glad he's feeling good. Uh, I'm not going to make any predictions right now. We usually do a segment on on Bob's show when we make predictions, and I often finish last against Bob and Jack and, and Brandon. I think a couple of years I fluked out and, and got a lot right. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll save those for uh, once we know all the matchups for sure because there are some seeds that still have to be nailed down around the league. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Amanda standing by. Hi, Amanda. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. I'd like to finish the play, please. Oh, you just want to do finish the play. Okay, do you want to talk about the game or ask Rob a question? Uh, no comment. <laughs> okay, no problem. Just for playing, finish the play. We're yeah. going to give you a $50 sawmill gift card, and Kellen has cooked up an audio clue. Through, and it went off of Paul Byron, but kept in by Barry. Left side to Nugent Hopkins. He shoots! Oh, wow, that's a good one. Uh, Nugent Hopkins, is that a, on the power play, Kellen? That is uh, on the power play in the first period. Did Nugent Hopkins score on that play to tie the game 2-2? Yes, he did. Through, and it went off of Paul Byron, but kept in by Barry. Left side to Nugent Hopkins. He shoots! Scores! Ryan Nugent Hopkins off the left side, picks the corner! There it is. Amanda's name is going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. That's courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. Amanda, doing very well. All business. Do you want to ask Rob a question? Nope. Just finish the play. No <laughs> Rob Brown. That's okay. She's among many women that don't want to talk to me. It's all right. Used to it. All right. <laughs> okay, we got to do a quick timeout here. We got Brian up next. We'll bring you Chase on and Cahoon post game remarks as well. I'm going to be with you uh, after seven. We'll just still be talking about the Oilers, but we'll we'll change the title of the show to Inside Sports at this point. Got some fun guests for you coming up there, and uh, we do have some open lines. We'll get to some of your texts seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Live. 
Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Get up to center, pass on the left to Neal, in over the line to chase on. He'll get to the middle of the ice, over to the right. He'll shoot. Scores! Alex Chason let it go. It looked like Primo got a good piece of it, but not quite enough. And the Oilers have tied the game at one. And they go on to win 4-3 in overtime with Dominic Cahoon getting the game winner. 780-496-0063 is the certainty hotline. We have Brian calling in this evening. Hey, Brian, thanks a lot. Go ahead. Hey, Reed. Uh, well, I'm glad they won today. Wasn't a great win, but a win's a win. Uh, I just wanted to make a couple comments. First of all, uh, you know what? I've lived through Orr, Esposito, Gretzky, and I have to say what McDavid's doing this year is, is absolutely crazy. Uh, I mean, that's probably about the only word I can use for it. But the one thing that people need to keep in mind is, is Dreisaitl's had a pretty good year, too, because he did collect his 500th point. He's collected his 300th assist, and he's only one goal away from his 200th goal. Yeah, I mean, we certainly appreciate everything Leon's done this year, too, and talk about it a lot. If you take Connor McDavid out of the equation, then Leon Dreisaitl probably wins the Hart Trophy and certainly wins the Art Ross. So, yeah, he's having an incredible year. It's just he's the second-best player on his team. I I will pose one quick question. That is just in your opinion, either one of your opinions, if McDavid can continue this, you know, type of uh, season, and I don't see why he couldn't next year, and it's a full season, which we're all hoping it will be, what do you figure his odds are to score 50 goals? Excellent. Yeah, I, I think he would have. I mean, it's going to be different playing in when you start playing all the teams. You uh, you're going to be playing against. A stronger competition, I believe, but yeah, it, my my thought on Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle, if they set out to score 50 goals in a season, they're most likely going to score 50 goals in a season. Both of them have that ability. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Okay, we got to bring you the news and weather here. Darlene is up next on the open line. We'll check what's going on around the NHL as well as we get into the final few games of the regular season. 4-3 overtime win for the Oilers. They are 35-18-2 with one game left on Saturday against the Canucks. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. Side will pass through the middle. I got picked better get off. Moving. Barry better get going here. Picked up by Byron down the left wing. Shoots a save made by Smith. He tries to get the loose puck put towards the net, and it's broken up by Barry. Mike Smith, a little shaky early, couple of goals against that we haven't seen a lot of throughout the season, but he gets the win in the end, 26 saves. The Oilers win 4-3 in overtime against the Canadians with Dominic Cahoon getting the game winner. We'll update the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Maple Leafs and Senators scoreless with five and a half minutes left in the first period. Later, Vegas at San Jose. Kings take on the Avalanche and the Wild will face the Blues. Uh, Those two teams are going to play again tomorrow. Kings and Avalanche again tomorrow. Canucks and Flames will play each other tomorrow night. Oilers close out the regular season Saturday against the Vancouver Canucks. 
Uh, James writes in, he says, Rob, does Cassian start the playoffs and where do you put him in the lineup? Uh, first, I can't completely answer that simply because I don't know if he's healthy enough to start he's the playoffs. Skating, but he hasn't been practicing with the team. Yeah, so, that's... so um, I, honestly, I'm, I'm guessing no, that he won't start the playoffs. Uh, if he comes in, he would be in a bottom six role. Uh, I, but I, I think that would be sometime during the series. I do believe he'll play in the series against Winnipeg. I don't know if he'll be in the starting lineup in game one. And if he comes in, he'll be in your bottom two lines. This texture says, any idea if they'll split Connor and Leon up for the Winnipeg series? Well, <laughs> that's the question that Paul Maurice is. Is that Paul Maurice texting in? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you're going to see both. I, I think you'll see them at times playing together. See, they'll be at times playing apart. Um, yeah, I, uh, I would imagine to start the series, they would be on separate lines. And then it'll just depend on each game, what's going on in the game at that point, their score, uh, the situation. But you will see them together and apart uh, many times during the series. All right, 780-496-0063. Darlene has called in. Hey, Darlene, go ahead. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. I just wanted to tell Rob that I've been listening to him for years. So there are women out here that listen to you, Rob. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You Every and my mother. Game, I tune in to this right after the game. I'm tuned right in. My question to you both is about our goalie situation as we move forward. I am very confident that we're going to get through Winnipeg, but I'm very concerned about Toronto. Your opinion, gentlemen, thank you, and I will hang up and listen. Sorry, sorry, but before you go, about which goalie will will play oh, in the playoffs? Koskinen. My apologies, Koskinen. Yep. Um, oh, well, what's going to happen? The, the Oilers okay. are in. Tr- yeah, I believe the Oilers are in trouble if they get to Koskinen because that means Mike Smith didn't get it done. Um, the I don't think you will see Koskinen in net in goal unless there's a, an injury, a blowout or we've run into Mike Smith struggling. So hopefully none of those things happen, and Koskinen will just have a ball cap on on the bench for the playoffs. I do believe that the Oilers should be heavily favored against the Winnipeg Jets. I believe the Toronto Maple Leafs will take care of the Montreal Canadiens, and then that'll set up what I believe will be an incredible series against the Toronto Maple Leafs that, to me, I, I don't know if either team it would be favored. I think it would be a uh, coin flip. I think both teams are that close. I think both teams are very good, and both teams should meet in the second round. But as for goaltending, uh, I, I think if, if Koskinen comes in, it means something's gone wrong, and you hope that that doesn't happen. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And to get back to the, the previous text we had, will Connor and Leon play together? Tippett has shown he's willing to go back and forth based on how a game is going or how the previous game went. I would, if I had to guess right now, seven or eight days before the series is going to start, I would think they would like to start them apart and to circle back to the overtime hero tonight. It, it's A lot of that is going to depend how Cahoon is playing or how much faith they have in him there. I mean, Pugliarvi is pretty cemented in on McDavid's right wing, at least for the time being. And Yamamoto, who was banged up today but didn't play, but it sounds like he's going to be okay. He's often on the right wing on the second line. So I, I think if they think, okay, you know, Cahoon and Pugliarvi are playing well and McDavid's gelling with them, then I, I would think that they would leave McDavid and Settle on separate lines. I agree. I th- it'll come down to whether Yamamoto and Cahoon can score. 
I mean, they're going to get opportunities playing with Connor and Leon. They're going to have to be able to contribute. And if they do contribute, then it works out great. I mean, Dave Tippett would love to have them split up on, on two different lines. That's twice as much work for the Winnipeg Jets to defend. But they need Cahoon, Yamamoto, Pugliarvi, and RNH to be able to score five on five. Mm-hmm. If they do that, then they will be split up. If any games are tight or if the others fall, by, fall behind, that's when you see the Dave Tippett put the two stars together, and then you say, all right, Winnipeg, can you handle them together? And most teams can't. Right, but then those teams try to win games when they're not on the ice. <laughs> Which yes. hasn't, it hasn't worked as well this year as it did in years past because the Oilers are a little deeper and at least the other forwards can often play even for a game and sometimes chip in a little bit. So that's that's going to be part of the, the chess match and staying healthy and getting breaks and all that kind of stuff. 780-496-0063. Uh, Sunshine Susie says, Reed, please tell Rob that many women listen to you too not just that lady and Rob's mother, that is Sunshine Susie, a rabbit hockey fan for six years. And to be clear, I did, I, I, I did not say that women don't listen to us. I just said that that one caller in particular, who happened to be a woman, didn't want to talk oh, to no. Rob. She, she just I wanted said to play women, the contest. I, I said, oh, you said that. To Sorry, I did say yeah, that. I, yes. I, I, May, I, I maybe it's that. just, just maybe it's my wife and my daughter. Other women might listen to me. Just my wife and daughter don't. There you go. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll go back into the Zoom room. He got the winner tonight. It's Dominic Cahoon. Uh, Dominic, that's a pretty good way to get your your first overtime uh, game winning goal. Uh, what was that like to get that pass from Leon and put it in there? Yeah, it was it was obviously nice to to score an OT and uh, no, it was a great play from the guys. First, Tice made a good quick up there, and obviously uh, we know that Leon can make those plays uh, every time. So uh, I just tried to find my way there, work hard there, and uh, Leon found me. And uh, yeah, I'm happy I scored. So you guys have clinched a playoff spot. You have for a while. So this this game, you know, didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But how did it feel? Or how important is it for a player like you, an offensive player, to get a goal like that heading, you know, toward the playoffs here? Oh yeah, for sure. It, it gives you confidence. But uh, we talked with the guys. Like those games, even we made the playoffs. Uh, even we know uh, who we play against. Um, you know, we just want to uh, elevate our game, and uh, that's what we tried. Uh, we we struggled a little bit today. Um, Montreal Montreal made it tough on us. Uh, but at the end, I think the last 10-5 minutes, uh, we, we worked hard again to get our uh, game back. And yeah, we're uh, very happy that, uh, that we get the points and now we go home. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Dominic, as was pointed out, your first overtime goal, what were you thinking when you were on the ice and not Connor McDavid, usually <laughs> on the ice for overtime? Yeah, of course. Uh, I I was thinking my my game is probably over, but uh, then uh, then coach said that I'm going with dry, so I was I was a little bit surprised. But uh, no, at the end I'm very happy for that opportunity, and uh, yeah, obviously very very happy that uh, that it went that way. Um, you've picked up some points, and your offense seems better in the last couple of weeks. So you starting to feel a little better about that. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, that that gives me confidence too. Uh, when when pucks go in, uh, but I think um, I don't know. Like after 20, 25 games, uh, I picked my game a little bit up, and uh, there was chances to get more. You know, so sometimes you get the bounces, sometimes not. But uh, I just try. You know, I'm the guy who tries to keep work uh, hard every day and try to get better, and that's what I do. And sometimes you get rewarded for that. Thank you. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. 
Uh, now that we know who you're playing in the playoffs, Dominic, is it, and there's no more fighting for any positions or anything. Uh, you've got one game left. It's an afternoon game on Saturday. Is it, is it tough, maybe more mentally to, you know, to play these games, to, to have a lot of, uh, you know, effort and then to really want to play these meaningless games? Yeah, that's that's what I said before. That's that was for for example today too. You know, um, we know who we play against. They know who they played against, and yeah, we obviously have to play those games, and we want to play them hard. Like I said, we want to get ready for for playoffs. And uh, if you would take those games easy and uh, just go in there to just be here, you know, uh, we wouldn't be really prepared. So that's what we said. That's what our team was talking about, and it's going to be the same thing on Saturday. We we want to go hard in there. It's it's our last game before the playoffs, before the real time starts. So we have uh, we want to have our best game on Saturday and uh, get ready what about Winnipeg uh let's uh, let's talk about the Jets a little bit you uh, uh I think you guys won the last six in a row against them uh what are your thoughts on playing the Winnipeg Jets in the playoff series um, I think everyone knows that uh, playoffs is a different different world, and um, obviously Winnipeg uh, is a good team. They they got big D's. Uh, they play physical. Obviously their forwards are pretty skilled. Uh, they they skate a lot. They skate hard. And uh, what's what's the main thing for Winnipeg? I think it's their transition. You know, if if we make mistakes, they they go quickly forward. They uh, they go quick on the rush, and they use those. So uh, yeah, we we're gonna make uh, for sure a lot of video. Look at the things we have to be good at, and uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna be good. Tony Barrar, Oilers TV. Hey, Dominic, you guys solidified a playoff spot not too long ago, and then second place, knowing that you guys won't be maneuvering, yet you guys haven't let your foot off the gas pedal. What does that say about your club prioritizing, still getting wins, still playing the right way, despite being set uh, heading into the playoffs? I think that's, uh, that's like you said, that's, that's a great character of this group, you know. Um, we... We go hard to even we know uh, what's going to happen next week and uh, that's like I said uh, it would be a bad thing if we don't do it because uh, you you want to obviously be ready for for the best part of the time of the of the year so yeah uh, we have one more game uh, we're gonna go home today get prepared for Saturday and uh, try to have our best game on Saturday and get ready for Winnipeg thanks Dominic yeah one more question Jim Allison post media couple of questions uh Dominic have you ever had a penalty shot in the NHL yeah I I think I had two in my in my career yeah and did you score on those no first one I missed second one I scored so 50 I think <laughs> same move uh, did you score on this one or a different kind of moves like today yeah um yeah I tried no 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 no, no. the one I missed I I tried like today and the one I scored was different but I'm not gonna tell <laughs> Okay, who did you score against? I scored against Holpi. Oh, okay. Thank There's you. a little bit from Dominic Cahoon. Gets the overtime winner. Rob, we got a text here from Kyle. He says, Reed, can you ask Rob if he has a breakaway, would he sooner have an extended breakaway, like from his own blue line, or would he sooner be in on a short one like Cahoon was in overtime? Um, Short one. Less time to think. Uh, and I'd rather be, and I'd prefer to be chased. Because if you're being chased, you would then you would be worried about that guy, and you would be less thinking. It, it becomes instinctive when you're being chased. It becomes instinctive when you skate all the way from the far blue line. There's so many things that can go through your mind. You double, double um, guess yourself a couple times. You go, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then by the time you're in there, you're so confused that you mess it up. So I'd rather be chased on a short breakaway. 
All right, 780-496-0063 if you want to check in. The Oilers win it 4-3 in overtime. Back in a couple of minutes for more Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Very long pass to Dreisaitl. He'll go to Cahoon all alone. Scores! Dominic Cahoon! He'll go stick side on Primo. And the Oilers win it in overtime. Four, three. It's Moon on Cahoon. Oilers get the victory over the Canadians. Final game of the season for Montreal. They finished 24, 21, and 11. Edmonton now 35, 18, and 2. The Canadians cleaning up in the faceoff circle today. 61%. Leon Dreisaitl under 50% today at 46. Usually, however, he does. Indicates how the Oilers do in the faceoff circle. McDavid had a rough day. 3 out of 10. Kara was 3 out of 8. McLeod was 5 out of 12. For Montreal, it was Jake Evans, 9 out of 13. And Suzuki was 6 out of 8. To mention the ice time was fairly even today, certainly much more even than we usually get. Nurse did play the most at 24-49. Barry, who is now the leading defense scorer in the NHL, played 24-11. McDavid did not play a lot, played uh, 15-12. Ryan McLeod played 14-17 for the Canadians. Sherratt played 24-08. And Kulak played 23-22. Shots on goal. The leaders for the Oilers, Nurse and Cahoon, both had three. Cole Caulfield had five for the Canadians. Yeah, he's one of those guys. Like, he can get his shot off, Rob. I mean, he's he's one of those players you could see averaging, you know, three shots per game once we get into a full season. Well, he's good at it, and he likes to do it. I mean, that's a great combination. Uh, and, and what we saw in the, two, the few games that we've seen him play is his ability to take bad passes and still get good shots off. And a lot of players need the puck in a certain spot to be able to put the puck on net. Uh, Caulfield doesn't. Uh, you can put the puck just about anywhere, and he, he adjusts his body, changes his body positioning. He pulls his hands in tight, pushes them out away from his body, whatever it takes to get a puck by the defender coming in. And it's, it, I think it's a deceiving shot because he's, he's not a big man, so it's not like he's pounding away with his big body at it. It just... He gets it off quickly and it fools goaltenders. So uh, I think the, we've seen him score a few goals, and I think the the rest of the league is going to see a lot of goals from Cole Caulfield in the next number of years. He's a very good pickup for the Montreal Canadiens. Trento from up north says, Reed, do you have the stats on Yamo's glorious opportunities for scoring chances? I believe it's more than anyone. He could have another 10 goals. Trent, I don't have that exact stat, but I, I would guess he has a few great A's that he that he hasn't finished for sure, and hopefully he's feeling good and back into the lineup soon. 780-496-0063. I wrote down a play, Rob. It did not result in a goal. I, I hope you remember it. This is one of those where I wish we were watching the game together because I would have said to you, hey, that was something. It was just over a minute left in the third, and Dreisaitl took the puck down the right wing. It was kind of a three-on-three. And he put this pass across the top of the circles to McDavid that must have gone through a couple sets of legs and probably three or four sticks. And then McDavid 
took a shot on goal. I, I don't know if you remember that one or not, mm-hmm. but the, to yep. me, that was one of those passes where it's like most guys wouldn't try that. And, and Leon puts it perfectly for McDavid. Well, it, it's true. I do remember it. And still, you sit here and get amazed, even though we've seen these two players play for so many years now, we shouldn't be amazed at what they can do. Uh, a, they have the ability, and B, they have the, the sight to be able to see these things that most wouldn't. If most players would look up, okay, there's uh, six bodies between me and where I want the puck to go. I'm just going to rag it or dump it in the corner and get a forecheck going. But... Uh, Connor McDavid is the greatest offensive player in the league. Leon Dreisel is the greatest passer in the league. Uh, what he can do is scary, both forehand and backhand. He makes plays out of nothing, and that's why it'd be so much fun playing with him, is you would be thinking, that okay, I am in the middle of nowhere. Uh, no one's near me, but there's no way that puck can get to you, and all of a sudden it's there. So being a winger, uh, playing with Leon Dreisaitl would be a treat because he gives you so many opportunities, opportunities that most players wouldn't even think to look for. So, yeah, I do remember that. And uh, Leon, again, just continues to to amaze with what he's capable of doing and the, the playmaking that uh, expertise that he has. Let's get in one more from the Certainty Hotline. We have Rob on the line. Hey, Rob, go ahead. Hey, guys, I'm just uh, listening. I was wondering, you guys, like yourself, Rob, there, you guys have commented that the games don't mean anything, you know, and I, I beg to differ. Like, you know, depending on the more points you get when you're in the semifinals, you know, you're 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 kind of tiered at that time, like first versus fourth. And so I think the point, every point you get is valuable. It puts you in a position to maybe play against somebody differently. You're right yep, to that's, a point. That's true. It will matter. You, yep. Yeah, you're right to a point. Although the teams that are ahead of the, the Oilers, the main teams, they're all – the Oilers couldn't catch them in these last two games. But, yeah, you are right. But, but you are right that – yeah, in the seating there at the end there. So, uh, anyway, I just wanted to mention that. Like, I the only reason I say that I'm in that bracket challenge, and it matters who's the last four teams. Of course, I'm picking the orders to go all the way. So, yeah, I, I think the, the teams that are ahead of the others are enough points ahead that it didn't matter these last two games, and the players realize that. Yeah. Well, like, um, like I said, they did they did pass the Islanders. So, if they wind up meeting the Islanders at some point, we get a throwback series, and and the Oilers would get Game Seven at home. Or in a neutral site in the United States, which I don't want to talk about <laughs> which, too much yet, but unfortunately yet. that's still possible. Uh, well, well, actually, we'll probably know more of that in the next week or so. I, I thought the NHL said they would hopefully know, have an idea during the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I think Daly said hopefully by the end of the first round they'd, they'd be able to know what's happening with Canada. Okay, Rob, I'm going to let you go. I'll stick around and do inside sports unless you just want to work for another hour and give out canned hams. You know what? If dinner wasn't on the table, I would stay here and do this with you. But unfortunately, my dinner's getting cold, so I will talk to you on Saturday afternoon. And that'll be a noon face-off show game at 1.30. Oilers and Canucks in the regular season finale. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. More on the game, of course, on 630jet.com, globalnews.ca. More on the game after the news. I'm going to stick with you and have inside sports. We'll get to the Alex Chase on post-game comments. John Garrett is is going to join me, former Canucks goaltender, now analyst and great storyteller, and I believe author and all-around entertaining fella Ken Reed will check in as well. Used to work right here in Edmonton. Back after the news, this has been Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.